Welcome to the community. This is part two of an epic two-part series with Matt Kleinrock, who is not just a brilliant business builder, entrepreneur guy. He's also the most talented guy I know at approaching trade shows. Episode one was all about how to crush it with a trade show booth or brand experience. This is more for you, the individual, how to network in a room full of people that you don't know, how to create the connections ahead of time during the show, and how to follow up afterwards, plus a couple of opportunities inside of this that you probably haven't thought of. If you're new here, this is a live internet talk show, so I love that you're here listening on the podcast. I hope you're getting a ton of value, but I'd love to see you in person one of these days so you can be part of the conversation, be part of the roll call, maybe get a nickname inside the community, get some content made out of you. The link is in the comments. Just register for the next one, and it'll, you know, if you like the subject, you show up. If you got time for it, you show up. It's a good time. After this, we do this advice session thing that we talk about during the show. After the show, I'm going to tell you my number one takeaway what conferences I'm going to be at so we can meet in person. So stick around for that. For now, enjoy Matt Kleinrock. If you know how it is, then you know how it might be. But think what it would look like if you grow your own community. It ain't easy. That's why you're listening to hear experiences from others just like you and me. Welcome to the B2B Community Builder Podcast, a show that was started because if you can unlock the power of having a community around your business, then you will create a source of referrals, validation, marketing content, and product feedback that will be unbeatable. But who has time to think about building a community when you need to be making sure that your team has what it needs to succeed in serving clients and bringing in revenue? That is why we'll be talking to business leaders like you and I that have cracked the code on why the community play is so valuable, how to implement tactics that got them there while still serving short-term goals, and what they can teach you that they have mastered. This show is for you if you are a CEO, CMO, or simply a rainmaker that has realized that without a community, you are just a commodity, but haven't figured out how to add it to your infinite list of priorities. This show is for you if you are a community professional or trying to be a community professional that is trying to convince leadership about the need to invest in a community strategy. This show is not for you if you think transactions are more valuable than relationships. I am your host and chief executive connector, Pablo Gonzalez, co-founder of BeTheStage.Live, a marketing company that specializes in relationship-driven growth. I invented the relationship flywheel and hopefully... I'm your new best friend. So smash that subscribe button, leave a rating when you do, and get ready to plug into the power of community creation for business development. Let's go. We are officially live for the B2B Community Builder Show, Season 5, Episode 176. I've made a note to figure out what episode I'm about to say so I don't just say um, whatever episode. Part 2 of a two-part series about live events maximizing your ROI at it. I am your chief executive connector and host, Pablo Gonzalez, and my guest co-host, uh, repeat attendee, star of the show, COO of Rockway Exhibits Plus Events. It's a plus, plus whichever Whichever you prefer, I'll take. 
I like it. I like the math. Matt Kleinrock, taking a sip of the coffee. Is that coffee? Or is that tea? What do you, is that it's uh, coffee, Irish coffee? Man. It's coffee. I gotta, I gotta keep gassed up to keep up with you. I love it, man. I love it. I love it. I just drank, I just drank like a half a yerba mate to keep up with you. But right <laughs> now, I want to welcome the community who's in the chat. Roanne welcoming everybody. She's our community manager. If you need anything from her, let her know. Lee Bishop is in the house, the MVP of the Not Your Average Investor Show community. We got Stacy Dobis back. Stacy, I'm so happy you're back. She says she's finally able to attend again. It's been a crazy few weeks. Hi, everybody. Hi to you. We got Tony Winslow, aka Tom Ace, up in the house. Tony and I realize that we both have a affinity for Ace Ventura and have not stopped quoting Ace Ventura ever since. And uh, we got Mike Hines in the house. Welcome, Mike. Good to ha- good to have you on board. Met him on Jerry's office hours. Uh, Matt Klein. Uh, Jerry's office hours. Jerry's, <laughs> funny story about Jerry's office hours. Uh, Matt thought they were actual physical office hours, and that's why he had that. never shown up. That's great. <laughs> that's really great. All Thank right. you for telling everybody that. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. All, All right, right. Let's, I let's get into it. I don't know when it is. I need, to, I need to virtually show up. It's Thursdays at 2. It's a Zoom call. So it's before his show. Before his show, directly before his show. All right. So without without any further ado, we got some folks in the house. Keep checking in. Be part of the show. Use the Q&A so you can ask questions. Right now, part one, a couple of weeks ago, and just released today on the podcast. It just went live right before, the, right before we hit live here. Um, Matt was talking about how... Exp- how experiences are driving events right now. You have to create brand experiences, whether it's a trade show or it's a brand activation and you're going to where your client is. Um, But the common theme here with these events is people getting together with people. And Matt and I, when we first kind of started talking, we had a great conversation about like how important the booth is and your strategy and all that. Um, But there is... There's too many companies that only spend those two, three days thinking about it, and then it goes away. And I think that today's topic is kind of like right in line with that. Matt, you want to kind of catch us up to speed on what we were talking about when it comes to the importance of networking and the importance of the 362 days outside of the event? Yeah. I mean, it's just what we really discussed was kind of, I would say, trade show specific in that sense is that such a big investment for everybody there, right? You know, the general contractor, the association all of the exhibitors that are attending. And I mean, we just don't feel like they put enough thought into everything, right? Year round. It's like a three-day sprint, not enough prep work on the upfront, not enough post work done on the back end of it. Uh, and certainly not enough strategy during the actual show, right? Not enough experienced created. I think we're at a place with trade shows now where the associations and the general contractors running the shows need to create more value for the exhibitors and the attendees, more experience, right? And then exhibitors themselves need to create more experience for their specific segment of those attendees, you know, to draw people back in. Uh, And then that conversation piggybacked into us talking about networking and sort of the skill as an individual, as a company, as a group, because you go to these things to network, right? We were joking offline. We just said it like, if you ask people, why do you go to a trade show event conference summit and say, you know, what are three reasons? Networking is always one of them. So how do you effectively do that? And you are an absolute expert networker as an individual. So why don't we talk a little bit about that? Why don't you run off some stuff in terms of some individual go-tos for you? 
Let's do it, man. Let's start off with the go-tos and we're going we're gonna to land it later on how conferences can actually make it easier for everybody that's an individual. Yeah. I'd, love to, I'd love to just kind of start with, with the prep side of it, right? Like my, my goal when I walk into a room is to walk in and have a team of people around me validating me that aren't necessarily my company when I'm an individual, right? So everything that I'm trying to set up as I'm preparing for the conference is my ability to create a moment where somebody that already knows me is talking about talking to somebody that doesn't know me that well and can tell them how great I am. Right. Instead of me uh, saying, yeah. Yeah. right. So, so goes back, goes back to kind of like the, the super consumers episode we have a little while back, right? Like Eddie Yoon talked about this idea of two of your super consumers being overheard by a potential consumer is the most powerful yeah. form of marketing, right? So yeah, like, yeah. As, I'm, as I'm gearing up for conferences, I know that folks are scared of walking into a room together. So I try to approach this like kind of like networking Sherpa yeah. uh, mentality and start to get you know clumps of people together. And that for me starts as soon as I'm signing up for this event, I know that every event is pushing out some kind of hashtag on social media. So I start regularly looking at the conference hashtag for on LinkedIn, on Instagram, on yeah. Facebook for, yeah. Hey, just bought a ticket to this event. And when people are buying tickets to the event, I'm immediately hitting them up saying, Oh, cool. I'm going to, I'm going to bring together some people the day before at the, at the lobby of the hotel at this time. Do you want me to like, keep you in mind for that? Right. So like yeah. I start trying to organize my own little happy hour before I even know anything that costs no money or anything like that, just like throw up the beacon. Some of these conferences have apps, right? Like in the app of the conference, yes, they do. Hitting, yeah. anybody that's contributing, I'm hitting them up like, oh, cool, man. I'm glad that you're active on the app. I'm getting people together. Do you want to start networking immediately the night before? Right? Like I'm, I'm doing this proactively. That's a great strategy in terms of, because I was just at a conference that used the app and there's a lot of, there's a lot of like sales trying to be done on the app direct, which is just odd. But if you're just merely connecting and saying, hey, I'm going to be here doing this, I'm getting some people together, it's more authentic, it's a little more simple. And I think it's a great approach, you know, when you're utilizing an app like that. Yeah, yeah. The app and and social media, right? Like for me, it's just like if you start a couple of weeks prior, right? Like right when you buy the ticket, other people are buying the ticket. Start looking, you know, yeah. like on the regular. And then the week prior to the event, people start getting loud about it, right? Like people will like especially the ones that want to meet with people will start posting the two, three days prior. They're like Instagram stories. I'm on the way to this thing. LinkedIn. Hey, our team is doing this thing, right? They start announcing to go. Can't wait to be there. Can't, you know, I mean, yeah, hundred percent. That's a pretty simple mechanism for me to just kind of like connect with 15 to 20 people that I had yet to meet. And then, and then plus the people that I already know are going and already have some kind of preordained, you know, way that I'm like, Oh, I'm seen as somebody that provides value. Do you, so what, what is your, when you're prepping for a, for a conference, do you have anything that you're doing ahead of time like that? So I would say for, for me specifically, some of the things that I've done a long time ago, when I was first getting in my industry, I knew I had to kind of go to my own industries conferences to figure out like what is going on in this industry, who knows stuff that I don't know. And I was by myself. And I can be extroverted and outgoing, but I'm also not a person that just loves to walk into a random room and just chat anybody up. I don't love that. So I needed to come up with set ways of getting involved and set ways of doing things. I back then did not do a lot of prep work, right? 
I think now some of the prep work I would do would be similar to what you're talking about. I mean, with hashtags and everything being so digital, that would definitely be a route to go. I know that recently I took my team and I, we went to a conference, right? Mm-hmm. And I dropped the ball on this one. I, I had posted something on LinkedIn about going to it and somebody had commented saying they were going to it. And I probably should have been a little more creative about how I reached back out to them or trying to meet up with them. But there's always that fear of like, are you being salesy, right? Yeah. Or is it, how are you coming together to, to orchestrate some sort of discussion that you're having? You know, that's really the challenge, you know, yeah. that's really the challenge. Yeah. So, so for me, I think lowest hanging fruit for that one is the, the night before who's getting in early, let's meet at the conference yeah. bar, whatever. That's easy. The other thing that I like to do when I'm reaching out to people is like, what are you most, what are you most excited for? Like, what are you going to learn about? Start getting a sense of like the content. Cause most people, when they're going to a conference, they intuitively want to network. But the first thing they're looking at is what is the content that they're going to go see? What are the sessions that they're going to go see? Yeah. And I'll start getting a list of people that what they're interested in. And at that point, the people that I most want to connect with, you know, whether or not it's at the happy hour, I'll also send them something saying, I'm going to this one event. I'm going to sit at this thing. Do you want me to save you a seat? Right. So like if uh-huh. I can show up, if I can show up to a breakout session or a panel event or, or even a keynote, and I'm, and I'm going to sit there with the five people that I want to be networking before and after those moments before it. And those moments after are kind of gold, right? So like, yeah. and people, you know, it's reducing the burden of walking into a room and not knowing what you're about to do. If you tell right. them you're going to save them a seat, it's a favor to them. If yeah. you tell them that they're going to be sitting with people that they know, and they don't have to be looking around like, oh, okay, you know, it's a favor to them, right? Like yeah. re- re- reducing that friction. So to me that the happy hour that this time for PodFest, I even made a, you know, podcasters like to karaoke. I like to karaoke. So the night before I I actually made a flyer. I was just like yeah. unofficial podcaster meetup at karaoke bar, 10 yeah. minutes from, from the venue. And I have just like a flyer. It's not, it doesn't cost me anything, right? Like, it's just like, do you want to go to this? Here's a flyer. When I'm meeting people, I can like text it to them as well. So that's, that's, that's the prep stuff in order to create those moments. Because yeah. at the end of the day, the idea is everybody wants to walk into this thing squatted. Everybody wants to show up already socially validated. And you want to mix people that know you with people that don't know you. Let's say, okay, so we talked about this earlier as well. A lot of people don't do the prep work, right? Mm-hmm. It's a little bit daunting. They're not sure what to say, what to ask. You know, am I really going to get people there? They won't reach out for fear of people saying no or something, right? Yeah. So let's just assume a lot of people are that. What are some things that you do? Just say, hey, you don't want to do the prep work. That's fine. But you're going to go to a conference. You're going to go to a summit. You're going to go to a trade show. What are some things you do while you're there that you think can help people stand out and separate? I have a few that I've done, but I want to hear what you've done. Oh, okay, cool, man. Uh, For me, again, I'm always my number one priority in the first four hours of me being there is to is to get the horsemen together, right? Like to get a crew, right? Like of people that know me and don't know me. So I'm always looking where can I start a conversation? Mm-hmm. When you were walking into the hotel, when you're walking through the lobby, I see so many people just walking within a foot of each other that you have name tags or you're in an elevator together yeah. and they're not talking. The moment the moment I'm like entering the space, I'm just like, hey, what's up? Are you going to this conference? Let's walk and talk, yeah. right? Yeah. Like get yeah. into the conversation, low friction. Then 
at every conference, there's a registration, there's lines, there's registration lines, there's coffee lines, there's food lines, there's yeah. bathroom lines, there's lines for the bar. I, you will never catch me standing in a line without saying what's up to the person in front of me, the person behind me, right? Like I'm just very conscious that every rep I can get in at getting into a conversation, no yeah, matter where I'm at. I'm yeah. going to get into a conversation and those are wasted moments. Like if you were yeah. just standing there for three minutes waiting for coffee, you're not talking to someone, you're wasting your time. So I'm very conscious of that. And then the last thing is, and I'll, I'll, I'll kick it back over to you. When you're at the formal networking event, there is always somebody that's like walking back and forth in the room, like looking around, like they're looking for somebody, but not really looking for someone. And then they stop in the corner and they're like checking their phone. I call that person the floater. Right. Like yeah. the, the person that's like desperately trying to connect with somebody, but they're for whatever reason, they're having a hard time. I love that person because the moment yeah. the moment I recognize that person, I'm like them. I walk up to him like, hey, what's up on Pablo? It looks like you're looking for some company. And immediately you just like added value to somebody and you're like their hero for the rest of the conference like that. Yeah. That that person, like you're their guy. Right. So so I'm always just like I see you being a lot of people's guy. <laughs> yeah, you, well, that's, that. that's what I try to do. I try to be your yeah, guy, right? Like, so, so it's that. It's always like getting into whatever frictionless conversation I can, looking for someone socially awkward that's like floating around, introducing yeah. myself because I know that everybody's biggest fear is to be that person. Everybody's biggest fear is to be in a room and feel alone, yeah. right? So, so I approach like as a service. All right, go, you go. So I like that one, by the way, but I think there's some of those like, you know, you have to get comfortable doing those things, you know. Not not just standing in a line, having a talk in an elevator or waiting. So one a few of the things that I tried to do, and I, I still always try to do, number one, when there are open forum discussions, speakers, topics, there's always, you can ask questions. So I try to pay attention to what's going on. Obviously, that's why I'm there. I have found that by asking good questions, meaning that you're listening and you're not challenging the person, but you're asking a question that's going to drive thought. Yes. And you're asking a question that the majority in the room are probably going to want to know the answer to, or be like, Oh yes. yeah. Wow. You know, they didn't bring that up. I try to put thought provoking things out there. And I have found that that creates a little bit of a magnet yeah. to myself where I have had numerous, I mean, tons of times, honestly, where people come up and say, Hey, really love that question that you asked. Thanks for asking it. But the piece is making sure that you're listening, that you're engaged, that you yeah. care about it and, you know, to ask. So I've always done that. That's always been a good piece for me. And I think it's a way to do it if you're a little bit of an introvert, right? Yeah. If you're not the person that's going to shake hands in an elevator. I, I do that too, right? Like this idea yeah. that I talk a lot about stages, right? And sharing the stage. Mm -hmm. yeah. That split second when you're on mic with the keynote speaker or the panelist, you're yeah. both on the stage together. Yeah, right? you are. And the ability to get up there and ask a smart question that puts you on their level intellectually for that split yeah. second creates that social validation to people. Yeah. I also go a step further and I like to add as much context as I can into the question. Right. Yeah. So yeah. instead of getting up there and being like, hey, you spoke about this. What do you think about that? I say, hey, I'll give you an example. I was at the capitalism conference. Gary Vaynerchuk's brother, AJ Vaynerchuk was there. Right. And my question to him was around the idea that he left VaynerMedia to start Vayner Sports. And what I said was, I compared it to, listen, AJ, big fan of what you're doing. You know, like I know that I know that your pivot must not have been easy. And I can imagine that living with a brother that cast such a large shadow, 
yeah. uh, and then working with them and then deciding to do something different. Uh, I can really relate to it because I live, I, I'm the son of a very successful businessman and I wanted to be him for a while. And then I realized I want to be something different. And I decided that I wanted to kind of carve my own path. And I yeah. struggled with whether or not I was quitting or I was identifying something else. So yeah. first of all, it gives AJ, it gives the speaker yeah. a better chance at a good response because you're yes. giving him context. Yeah. You make them look good. Yeah. You give people the ability to resonate with you. Um, and you know, the longer you're up there kind of going back and forth with them, the longer you're sharing that stage time. So I love, I love that tactic, man. Yeah. And that's one, that's one that's worked well for me. Right. Um, I think a lot of times conferences really brush over great details as well. So questions, open form questions, a great opportunity to like pull it back down and say, wait, wait, wait a minute. We're not talking about some of the things that is probably suit. It's like a comedian. It's like the way a comedian tells a joke. They tell obvious jokes of things that people think all the time for the most part. Yeah. And everybody laughs because they get it. So when yeah. you ask questions at conferences, too often they graze over details. So you dive in, ask a great question. Another one I do is that, look, there's a lot of conferences, summits, trade shows, things that you go to where you know people, right? You know suppliers, partners, vendors, people. There's some people you don't. Maybe your first time this doesn't work. But one thing I've always done is I try to say, okay, what value can I drive to people I know? Yes. So who do I know in the room and what value can I drive them? Totally just completely selfless and just be spotting like, okay, where can I create a connection? Where can I create a conversation? It's, you don't really have to be an extrovert to do it. You don't have to be a great networker to do it. You just have to be thinking in that mindset to bring people together, to join conversations. Cause I have had other people do that for me. Mm-hmm. And it was some of the best um, networking I've ever done in my life. And I still appreciate the people that, that have done that for me. How do you think through that? Are you, are you thinking of the people that are going to be there and who you can connect with? Do you have like a way of thinking through how to set those I, meetings up? I really do it kind of on the go, right? Mm-hmm. So in my industry per se, in like the trade show design fabrication event type world, I had to get to know everybody. And it took time. You know, it took years of getting in there to have discussions and create a little bit of like a reputation, a name. But once you start learning who people are, you start on, I'm just able to do it on the fly. I don't really plan for too much of it. I try to make sure I don't introduce people where it just makes absolutely zero sense. Cause I've done that where you're like, Hey, this is, if you're at the bar, fine. But to really pull people say, Hey, Jill, I 100% need you to meet Jeff, right? You guys have to meet and you bring them over and that sparks conversation that can honestly lead to them both thanking. But oftentimes I've done that where people are like, nice to meet you. Okay. Like, you know, nothing there. So you got to make sure there's value there. Yes. And, but if, if you're just thinking that way, I think it's a great way to spread your wings, meet more people and open up more conversation as well. hundred percent, man. Yeah, being, man. The, be, being the connector always, always pays, right? Like serving people, bring them together. Yeah. And I have yeah. on those two, sorry, on those two, who look, who, you know, when you start going to stuff often enough, who's important. Yeah. <laughs> you just start knowing who, who's a mover and shaker, right? Who, yeah. who has juice in the industry? Who has, who are the right people to be around? And on, on, unfortunately, you should be trying to drive value to anybody, but when you can drive value to those people and get in that space, sometimes you got to push yourself in, in those spaces. You just do. Yeah. hundred percent, man. I have kind of like a template of how I like to introduce people that I use for text. I use for yeah. emails. I also kind of use it if I'm, if I'm doing it, 
again, I think about stages. I try to put each person on a pet on a stage to the other one, right? Like I'll be like, oh man, Matt, you got to meet Jerry. Jerry, you got to meet Matt. Jerry, Matt is builds the best displays in the industry. He thinks about trade shows like nobody else that I know. And he's a super cool guy that I love hanging out with. Matt, Jerry is a business coach that's been a CEO three times, right? Like again, context, adding context and kind of like being like, this guy's awesome. This guy's awesome. Or like meet this person that's super great. Meet this person that's super great. And I think you got, and then I go as far as being like, I think that you can speak about X, Y, Z, and you're going to get along famously. Happy connecting, right? Like that's my move, adding that one. Um, The other thing is that I wanted to talk about is getting into conversations. Stacey, we're going to get to your question in a second. Um, Getting into conversations. Do you have a go-to pickup line? (laughs) Do you have an opening line? How do you think about starting the conversation? This is where I excel at times. If there is, I'm able to spot people that I know yeah. And insert myself into the conversation. Yeah. I have no problem doing it. Yeah. Right. Unless it looks like it's like a serious talk. You don't want to get in there, but yeah. I have no problem walking in there and getting in the conversation right now. Cold Turkey, just people you don't know and wanting to jump in. Yeah. Right. I will literally just walk right in, introduce myself and ask if they mind. I join their conversation. Yes. It's yes. work. Yes. I mean, like if you're going to say, if you say no, to that at an event like that, you're an asshole. You know, <laughs> nobody wants to be that person yeah. at all. So yeah. I think super simple for me. One is I've always done well, kind of like jokingly and like barge my way in with people I know, right? But then you just get in there and you jump in. And then others, if you don't know people or you see a good conversation going, or maybe it's like a breakfast table or a coffee bar or yeah. where people are talking, just introduce yourself and say, hey, you know. You know, do you mind if I jump in the conversation? Hundred percent, man. People overthink it so much, right? Like I totally lean into it. I'll be walking around, and if there's two people talking, I'm like, guys, I'm trying to make friends with everybody here. What's up, I'm Pablo, yeah. right? Like, like, like yeah. that really, really works. And I know that and I've I'm- chickened out before. I mean, hey, don't get me wrong. I have been at conferences. I'm not like all over the place like a social butterfly. I think I am now in my comfortable space. Yeah. But I have been the person in the room that's like, you know, you shrink a little bit. Yeah, You're yeah, not yeah. sure, should I go over there? Yeah. And the honest truth is that you have to, if you're there for what you want, if you want to get in those conversations, if you want to know people, it's, it's, it's okay to just walk over. I've introduced myself plenty. I've talked to plenty of random people. I've held, I'm actually very bad at holding small talk. Yeah. I'm very bad at it. So if like, if you get into a conversation with me, we're going down the slide, you know, <laughs> yeah. bad small talk. So yeah, yeah, not my thing. So that direct introduction, I think is great. I like to tell people, right. Cause a lot of folks are, you, they are naturally uncomfortable with that. I like to approach it and encourage people to lead with service, right? Like the idea that anybody that you introduce yourself to, everybody's there trying to meet people, right? Like wow. anybody that you introduce yourself to, you're saving them from being alone and the next conversation or not, right? So it's like, it's like an act of service. So the idea of like, you want some company, hey, can I join in here so I, we can keep this conversation going is great. My go-to conversation starter, I think too many people say, what do you do or whatever? Uh, I like to ask what brings you here. Yeah. That allows people to, if they want to be like, well, I'm a CPA and I'm here to like find some clients. Cool. You can say that, but somebody might tell you, oh, I'm a really big fan of this keynote speaker or, oh, you know, like whatever, right? Like I'm, I'm always looking for yeah, like what that. motivates somebody so that yeah. I can keep talking about that and keep asking them to tell me yeah. more about that. I like that a lot. That's a good, um, different. So, okay. So if we're talking prep work, that is like simple. 
And this is not anything that I do, but now it has me thinking about it, which is, okay, again, I think with networking, there are just some people that are just social butterflies, right? And they can go out there and they can chop it up and they can get in the middle of conversations. And some people are probably too much and they piss people off, right? Because they're just too overbearing. But if you're not and you struggle or you're looking for little tactics and things, I think have a couple questions in your back pocket that you pre-scripted like that. Like you said, hey, what do you do? Where are you from? No, like have something a little bit different. Have maybe one or two or three things like openers with people when you sit like, hey, what's brought you here? Right. Hey, you know, is this your first time at the conference or have you been here numerous times? Because that if they say first time, you oh, me too. Or like, what do you think so far? Or just different questions, more of a comfortability thing to ask and open up that conversation. Yeah, exactly. Just open up, open up with something that can identify priorities, tastes, yeah. you know, like stuff like that. Nothing wrong with scripting a question or two. A hundred percent. Oof. That was a golden nugget right there. I'm going to have my team clip that and paste that across all my social media channels. So if you could just give this a pause right now, go into the show notes and connect with me on whatever platform you like to follow me on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, whatever you want to be a part of my life in connect with me there. I'm going to share that clip and you can share it with your friends so that they get the same lesson. It'll be adding value to their life. And while you're at it, go ahead and subscribe to the show. If you haven't already hit five star review, right? You don't have to leave a review. You just got to hit five stars. If you want to leave a review, cool. And maybe send the episode to your friend. That would be awesome. That's it. I'm done. Back to the show. Okay, cool. Let's get into some questions. This is great. Stacy Dobis asks, it's been a minute since I have been to a conference due to COVID. Do we still exchange business cards or do you ask for someone's LinkedIn instead? How do you capture those contexts? What do you think, so, Matt? What, what are you seeing? Okay, so from what I've seen at this point, it's all over the place in the sense that people are shaking hands. People are still exchanging business cards. A lot of these apps now, the apps allow you to not exchange business cards or anything. You just use the app. Yeah. LinkedIn, obviously, if you were standing there having conversation, you know, you can look each other up and you can connect right there. Yep. I, I would say fairly, it's pretty much the same from what I've seen prior COVID yep. to now. Yes, I have seen it's the same. I just I literally just got back from a conference last yeah. night. It's all over the place, right? Like some people are cards, some people aren't. For me, yeah. and this is and this is kind of a main point that I want to talk about is this idea that when I first started taking conferences really, really seriously, mm-hmm. also coincided with me taking content very, very seriously. Yeah. Because the hardest thing about going to going to a conference is like, how do I keep up with all these people? But yeah. If you are in front of those folks and you are connecting on their social media of choice, whether it's LinkedIn or mm-hmm. Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or whatever, and you're then going to have a steady stream of content coming out afterwards, yes. it's much more frictionless. So I'm, I'm no longer carrying cards. I'm literally just like, yeah, man, you can give me your card. That's cool. I just don't want to be put on your stupid mailing list if it's not valuable. Yeah, but if you're not on LinkedIn, me and you are probably not going to talk again unless there's really something here. And how many times uh, did you come home from a conference with, with 40 business cards shoved in your briefcase? People feel like they have to ask for a card just to have that conversation. And like you, you really don't. I mean, I, I rarely ask anybody for a business card. If I need to remember you or I'm in a conversation with you, I don't need your card. Yeah. I, I know where to find you. Um, yeah. I'm going to find you if I need to have a conversation. Yeah. yeah. I'm a big fan of, I'm a, like, if, if it's somebody I really want to keep up with, I'm like, all right, man, Hey, let, let's take a, let's take a selfie. And then let me text it to you. Or are you, are you on Instagram? I'm going to tag you on Instagram in a story. This card is dead. 
Business card business is dead. Card, and, and it's still out there. It's just less useful, right? Like yeah. the other thing that I love teaching people is that like the QR scan code on LinkedIn or Facebook has one yeah. or Instagram has one, like learn the little trick of how you use a QR code on LinkedIn. Cause yeah. I can't tell you, I, I taught that to like six people this weekend and all six people are like, bro, you're the best. I can't believe this. Mm-hmm. Right. Like you're, you're, you're teaching love them the QR trick. code idea. Yeah. Yeah. I think correct. one so, person in the chat just said they got their, they got a QR code on their, on their business card, which I think is great. You're simplifying the process for people, right? So yeah. then my statement that business cards are dead did not age well in the last minute. <laughs> I apologize. You're right. A business if it card has a QR card, code, right? it's, it's, it's better. I think I have to get new business cards now. There you go. The other thing that I do a lot, right? Like that, that idea of like, take a selfie and send it to somebody is awesome, right? Because now you have their number. Yeah. And every time you get the contact, you're like, oh, this person, like this is the face, yeah. <laughs> right? The other thing that I love to do is if I'm in an interesting conversation, I'm just like, dude, that's great. Bust up my phone and be like, Matt, you were just telling me about the difference between brand experiences and, and, and trade show booths. Give me that bit again. And you, and you tell it to me. I ask you a clarifying question and I immediately post it on LinkedIn. I'm like, just met Matt Kleinrock at the Vegas and, yeah. and I tag you and boom, we're connected right there and you're already yeah. promoting them, right? So like, you don't have to be this great content producer, but just doing that, I started doing that at just regular networking events. Yeah. People are just like, wow, I can't believe you just did that. And they love you forever. And all of their friends are like, oh, my friend's on TV. Who's Matt Kleinrock? <laughs> right? like, um, or like, who's, who's the person that's like, that's like hosting yeah. them, right? Like I literally just did this at the conference that I was at the last night. I, I walked around with like my selfie. I have like a little kit that has like a selfie stick and a little camera. And I have a couple of like lav mics because I'm a pro at this. I literally went around the last night for networking and I, I I went up to the keynote speakers and I was just like, hey, I'm shooting a little bit of content for Justin. You know, Justin was the event organizer. I'm just going to shoot some like content about it. And I just went keynote speaker by keynote speaker, taking them outdoors and be like, oh man, in your presentation, I learned this. Tell me more. And I did this. It's the same thing as like the LinkedIn thing that I just said. And then at the end, I said, oh, you know what I thought was unique about this conference? This, what do you think about that? So now I created a piece of content for them. And I created a piece of content that's a compilation for the event organizer. And now the event organizer, you know, like you are, you are, you are doing them a favor. And yeah. knowing the event organizer is the, is, the, is the gatekeeper to all that information and all the events and all that stuff. Sure. That's, that's a strong play. If you <laughs> have the personality to do that, I would 100% advise it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and it's really just like, it's, it's the personality of service, right? Like if somebody yeah. says something smart, immortalize it for Acknowledge you. it. Have the conversation. Yeah. Agreed. Correct. You got anything else in conference, uh, in, in conference, Matt, of like tips and tricks like, of, uh, like for individuals. Yeah. Just on the piggyback of saying like, when somebody says something insightful or you're in a discussion, um, open forum, whatever it is, you know, there's a panel discussion. A good way to start conversation is to go to somebody that said something and inquire about that, right? It's just a good way or comment on it yeah. or go to them and open up a conversation based on it. It's just another way, depending on your interest level in what they said. But other than that, no, nothing else for me. Cool. Um, Stephanie has a question and Dom, I'm going to get to yours because it, it tails into what we want to finish the show with. Right. But like Stephanie hand has a question, Stephanie, thanks for coming. I appreciate you asking a Q and a here. Um, what would you say is something memorable that you can have at your booth for a client to walk away with that will make you stand out from your competitors? I have seen some podcasters talking about 
USB flash drives or a selfie stick for memorable items? Yeah, it's a good question. So we have clients ask us this all the time. And how would I answer this? Unfortunately, I don't have a certain item to throw out there like a bone to say, do this and it'll kill, right? What I would say to that is who is the customer? Who is the attendee that you want this gift or this raffle or this giveaway uh, to be meaningful to, right? So if if you know your demographic, if you know your attendees, is it is it business related? Is it not business related? Having a really good idea of who those people are, I think is huge when you're selecting these things uh, because then you can give more meaningful, more pointed giveaways and raffles. Um, I use this one, I say this one all the time, but one of the best ones I've seen was I was at a conference where I saw people like with these skateboards, these like beautiful decked out skateboards, right? And they were like auctioning or raffling off these custom skateboards. And I'm like, how many adults in here are skateboarding, right? I'm like, what, like, why? I mean, they're beautiful skateboards, but why? And then it, it just hit me like a sack of bricks. I'm like, well, I'd be willing to bet that like 80% of the people in this room are parents. Yeah. What a gift. What a raffle. Like know your crowd. Know. Um, so that would be my advice is don't get caught up in, in a specific thing that's just going to be amazing that people aren't giving away because people have tried everything. There's no magic bullet. But know your crowd, know your attendee, know your customer, and then come up with something that will be meaningful and will be memorable to them based on who they are. There you go. And Stephanie, I'm going to, I'll give you my always go-to advice. I've talked about it multiple times on the show, but I think- Great question too. It's a great question. It's a great question. I I think one of the best things you can give people is marketing material about themselves, right? So uh, Matt and I have talked about this a bunch, but we'll, we'll set up a like a mini podcast booth. If you just set up, if you just set up a couple of lights, you set up some mics and a camera and you now create this and a backdrop that's like your brand and the, and the conference brand. And you tell people that you are doing the thought leadership of the conference interviews. And now you have a sales team that's out there saying, Oh, that's really interesting. Why don't you come back to the booth and talk to my CEO so we can talk about thought leaders of the industry. They come back and, you know, we have a whole thing where we're giving them yeah. uh, a whole package around it, but like just doing that and then saying, you're going to be on like a mini podcast or a YouTube channel completely separates you from everybody else in the follow-up. Cause a week later you're calling them to say, Oh, we're going to release this thing on our YouTube channel. Let's just hop on a phone so I can make a good description. And now you have another touch point and you're promoting them. I, I, I got that from the first time that I was on a live podcast the the person running the podcast took a picture of me that's still my profile picture right so like if it's a if it's a great picture if it's a if it's an yeah. interview of them like give them content to promote about themselves cuz most people need a little bit of extra content marketing whatever you can do right yeah. the headshots idea is a good idea too i think yeah um all right so i'll ask don's question because we you know one of the things that we wanted to talk about matt is how do we how do we from an organizer standpoint, right? Like how do we give organizers some advice on how to make this easier? And Don has like a first kind of like angle on this, which is okay. Throwing, throwing in something here where it comes to the drinking culture, how do you include those who do not drink or want to be around alcohol after hours get togethers? Because as we know, not Uh including is by default, excluding people asking for a friend. Yeah. Good question. Okay. So, um, a, I would say, Events are going to have happy hours no matter what, right? They are. Um, I think, and this is just my opinion, this does tie perfectly into what we were talking about, Bob. 
Sure, sure. So one of my big things where I think events, trade shows, seminars, summits, where I believe they miss is A, people are there to network. They are there to meet. Um, you know, you have coffee break networking, happy hour networking, breakfast round table networking, speed date networking. And they're just, they just really don't work all that great. I've been to tons of them. I've been to tons of them. And it's like, they don't work out in a real way in terms of networking. One of the things that I think there are people that are great networkers and it doesn't matter if they're in a happy hour, a breakfast, a hotel lobby, an elevator like Pablo, he is going to network his ass off anywhere he is and do extremely well. But with the idea of keeping it inclusive and making it easy for people, I think events, trade shows, summits, conferences, they need to do a better job of orchestrating networking. And that really, for me, is more meaningful discussion. And then the other piece is, what do people want to talk about being at this industry, right? So the knowledge to me is always in the room. It's the people that are congregating for this event, for a reason, a topic, an industry, um, a cause. The knowledge is in the room. So I feel like there's all this pressure on these events to have these big big keynotes and breakout sessions with these guest speakers. But what ends up happening is you get like one or two good keynotes, maybe. And then you get a bunch of sponsors that are paying to do a breakout session that are not presenters. They don't know how to present. They suck at presenting and they're pitching you their product when really a simple solution would be maybe to have uh, breakout rooms, six to 12 people, have an orchestrator, a person in there to orchestrate a conversation, have topics that are hot topics, good topics, relatable topics in that industry, and let people get in a room and have meaningful conversation. Let them discuss with each other. I have made great relationships from open forum discussions with people that like in a room of 50, we've just like collaborated from across the room. Mm -hmm. um, so I think events could do a much better job of creating more meaningful discussion. It doesn't have to be networking. Networking is like this, this odd thing. Like you just have to be in the same spot and then, Hey, have at it. Well, you know, you're there for however many days, I think breakout rooms, uh, smaller groups where people are more comfortable to have open discussion, ask questions. Uh, I love that idea. And I think the knowledge is in the room. The people are in the room. And you're there for a set reasons or similarities. Yeah. Uh, and there's so many topics that just get glazed over and don't get discussed. I, I love that, Matt. You know, there's a there's a local group here that's a real estate group called Yellowbird, and they do they do good net really really good networking events that I that I was kind of like the first group that I started really networking with here in Jacksonville. And they do something well. They'll have like they'll have like ten tables. And each table has a subject, right? So this is real estate, right? So they'll be like yeah. finding, finding, no, know, yeah, yeah, are, finding, yeah. you know, insurance, whatever. And they'll have one person that's maybe a subject matter expert, but more than anything, a good conversationalist to just like yeah. sit at the table, moderate it. And people can come and sit at the table yes. of the subject that they want to meet. And, and, and to your point, that helps so much because it doesn't have that's to be, you don't, at the end of the day, networking puts the onus on you to come up with the content of your conversation. Yeah. But if you can moderate a discussion around stuff, it still causes the same effect of like, oh, this person's intelligent. I want to talk to them more. Yeah. And then when they go to speak later, you know, they have something to talk about and it's not starting from zero. But I guess it's like that, 
you know, getting them up to 15, 20 miles an hour before yeah. they have to get to 45, I think yeah. is a really good thing. And the couple formats they said are great. I think it can be also up to the event organizer, right? If you're in events and you're running an event or a trade show, yeah. like what do the people want to discuss? Why are they there? What do they want to learn? Right? Like I just went to a conference. I took my team that completely missed on anything that we really wanted to learn in all honesty. It was just the glazed over, brushed over. Now I've been to other ones where I felt like they hit the nail on some, but it wasn't enough time. There wasn't enough discussion. There wasn't enough dive. It was, you got 70 people in a room having this open mic discussion. It's, you know, but like you can focus people, do, do, um, split happy hours, run, mm-hmm. run four happy hours in different, this room, this room, this room, this bar, and have them say, Hey, these are the topics of these. This is what we're going to discuss. Do it at breakfast. You want to make the breakfast and do round tables. Fine. Yeah. Go get your breakfast, but you're assigned to a table that you want to be at and you have to engage six to 12 people. But I think it's, it's something that's really missing in events. And then I think the other idea is one that you know a ton about, and it's very much in the same line, but it's hosting your own. Host your own. Like the conference that we just went to, me and my team, you tried to get us to do this, and you and I talked a ton about it. I inevitably felt like we didn't have enough time. It was a last minute decision. We were deciding between exhibiting, just attending, um, and I just couldn't pull it together. I, I, I wanted more time to do it the right way. Yeah. I think if we did it, it could have been an absolute I honestly do. We could have got people into a bar, a conference room, a restaurant or something and hosted an incredible discussion with 15 people, 20 people. The networking in that room could have been incredible. So um, I think to answer the question about non-drinking events and stuff is create meaningful conversation. That's really the question. How do you create meaningful conversation at these events where people are comfortable to speak, have discussion this whole idea that you need these great speakers and these presentations, honestly, they're snore fests a lot of the times. Yeah. They're sponsored snore fests. So orchestrate good conversation, meaningful conversation. I mean, here's an idea, Matt, right? Like for non-drinking stuff, every hotel has a gym. Why don't you, throwing up the road flare of like, hey, we're going to, you know, I, I, I was just at this event this weekend. They had a yoga morning, right? Like people went, they did yoga outside. And, um, you know, afterwards stuck around and networked and, and whatever, right? Like if you can, if you can tell people, Hey, I run in the mornings, I found like a path around this hotel who wants to go for a run or, you know, who wants to like meet me at the gym and, and work out, you know, like whatever, like, like I, I, I love, I love, I love mixing exercise with networking, right? Like all throughout the pandemic, if anybody wanted to meet with me, it was, Hey, yeah. we're going to go watch the sun, the sunrise on the beach and take a walk, right? Like that is the only wow. way I was meeting people and, and being outdoors works. So like even, even just a, I'm going to get a group of people at this certain time of the conference and we're going to take a stroll and we're going to have a moderated conversation about this, yeah. right? But like, to your point, smaller numbers, yeah. uh, pre-planned topic so that yeah. everybody can like start at 15 miles an you hour. Sign up about where you want to be. And if you have yeah. enough information you can create the right topics, right? So Dawn just wrote here, she's saying that's all well and good, saying the organizers need to facilitate the conference within the conference, but how would you all include someone that doesn't drink? Well, I would say it's kind of going back to what we said, breakfasts, right? Um, Group think tank, group discussions, they have nothing to do with alcohol. 
right? So like happy hours are really the only one. And like the evening at the bar where like, you know, things, people hang out and drink and talk stuff like that. But what I'm saying is as an individual, and I believe that's what Don's asking, that exclusion as an individual is you don't, you just don't go to those things, which isn't obvious, right? Can't be around it. That's not what you go to. You have to find a way to capitalize on what is available to you, which is why I think I'm making the point about trade shows, events, summits, conferences. They need to create better structure for these networking and these conversations. Like they say, they do like those speed dating things, right? Yeah. You go from one table to the next yeah. and the next and the next. Honestly, kind of stupid. Yeah, you're, I agree. you're now asking people just to sit in front of each other and have a, you know, hey, hey a talk for 10 minutes. But if you all know why you're at that conference or a summit and there's a roundabout, uh, like Gary V just had his VCon, right? Yeah. Just had it in Minnesota. So he's got a wide array of topics. So if he were to host breakout rooms for people, nothing to do with alcohol, no drinking, like one could be an NFT room, right? Uh, one could be uh, like a leadership room, right? One could be like an advertising space because those are all the spaces that people who listen to him go. Yeah. Um, so I think to answer Don's question more is you're at the mercy of the event in a way, and you have to utilize what's there for you. Yeah. My call is that the events, summits, conference, and trade shows need to do a better job of creating more meaningful conversation outside yeah. of the people that are capable of drinking and BSing at the bar and talking all night, things like that. Cause some people like it and some don't. hundred percent. And, and, and just based on the chat, right? Like if we were to marry the chat is like, Mike is Mike, Mike Hines is saying I was at a conference that offered non-drinking room that was off the hotel lobby, had many Christians that really appreciated it. Yeah. Lori Goldman saying I would create, I would create alcohol free get togethers, right? Like if we marry what we're talking about, right? Yeah. Like there's clearly a market. I feel like there is headwinds on drinking, right? Like people are, people are wanting to drink less these days. So if you're the person that again, connects with people with the hashtags ahead of time is reaching mm-hmm. out to people on the app. And you throw up a flare saying, hey, who wants to have yeah. a non-drinking, you know, meeting yeah. and in this lounge of the hotel at this time? You can't go gonna- ATVing if you're boozing, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, can't go go-karting off-site if you've had a couple of drinks. Again, I think it really goes back to these organizers, the conferences, yeah. the events, the trade shows, creating better experience yeah. for the people. Uh, to get me more meaningful conversations, maybe the conference or the event, there's some sort of outside, like not every event needs a golf term. Like not everybody's good at golf or likes golf or wants to play. It's a strong thing. People obviously sign up for those, but like, what else do people sign up for? What else do they go do? What's out there? What could be connected to the event that you could do? I I don't know. Cause I don't know the conference. One time, one time at a conference in Orlando, I recruited like 10 people and went on like a duck tour, right? Like one of those like cars that, gives you a tour of the city and then goes out into the water, right? Like if you're in a, if you're in an interesting, if you're in an interesting city, that, right? Like I love what Deb says. So Deb says, give the event organizer that feedback and they will start changing the model, right? Great point. So if you are attending or exhibiting or sponsoring, it is up to you to bring your voice to the conferences and say something like the conference that I just went to, they sent me a review to fill out, I 100% filled out the review and I gave them a ton of thoughts. A lot of the things I'm saying now amongst others. So most conference I've gone to, I've done the review, but if you're a sponsor, if you spend money in that industry, you have to let your voice be heard. You have to bring that to the conference ultimately because at the end of the day, 
the attendee, the sponsor is the engine of how the whole thing goes. Yep. If your experience is not good, you're not going to come back. They need you to come back there. You know, so that's kind of, um, it's a great point that Deb made about making sure you give the organizer feedback. Amen, man. And by the way, feedback for you, you're getting good at this, right? Like th- this is, this is the value of it. Is I like the chat. The chat yeah. Interacting like the with chat. the Q and a, yeah. right? Like getting the community right. going. All right. Before I get to this point, I just want to say right after we wrap up with Matt, we're going to start, we host our relationship driven growth strategy sessions where we have our boot campers that just graduated other people that come and ask for advice. It's our little community play, anything that you want help with on marketing, social media, strategy, creating a podcast, anything like that, stick around and we have an open q and I'm going to be talking about the kind of like timeline and life cycle of hosting one of these shows and kind of how it feels for those of you that find it daunting to start. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about how it starts and how you build up to being able to have people here every week. And then Isar is going to talk about how you... Um, whether you're one person or a team, kind of like how you structure it so that it's manageable for you. And then we're going to go into Q&A after this. That being said, Deb, with another great question, which is something I wanted to get to, of course, before we get out of here, but she asks, how do you connect with people after the event? What are your best tips to make sure to follow up and get the client and or customer? So Pablo, why don't you start with this yeah. one? As I, as I know, you're, you're very masterful about your, your post, <laughs> post events. Um, man, I have, I have become less concerned with my masterful post event stuff and more concerned with my, my number one concern is making an impression when I'm in front of that person. Yeah. Right? Like the better impression that you make when you're in front of somebody, the more that you can follow up with them three years later and they're going to be like, Oh my God, this is great. Right. So like you, you want to make, I, I, I tell people the first thing is you're at a trade show, you're at a conference. I don't care what's happening in your life show up, right? Like show up with all your best energy, yeah. be there, you know, like be smiling, be the person's like, when they ask you how you're doing, don't be like you're hungover, be like, oh man, I am, I am doing great, right? Like just, just, just throw it out there, inject energy into the conversation, be memorable. After yes. that, what I have really focused on is social media makes it so much easier because I really don't have anything to tell 95% of the people I meet, yeah. but I want to stay in their ecosystem. So yeah. I'm just that whole thing of like tagging them on LinkedIn or sharing a selfie on Instagram and in a story so that now you're connected. Man, I learned this from Amanda Holmes. Just be in the feed whenever I I don't pass a LinkedIn post from somebody that I know that I don't hit like or like a tiny tiny comment because yeah. that's what you're doing. It's just reminding them that you exist, reminding them that you're interacting with them. If I'm like going through stories on Instagram, just like hitting the like button on the story on Instagram. Like it's people that, you know, there's this guy that organizes this tech conference in Tampa that I met at another tech conference in Miami and he's posting stuff for like taking his kids to lightning games. I'm like, Oh man, hockey in Florida. That's cool. Like, you know, whatever, man, just staying in front of them, staying top of mind every once in a while, you get a response. Sometimes you don't, but it's just continuing the conversation. That's why to me, this like marriage of, we used to think that it was, Real life when you meet somebody in person and then online when you are making online friends. I say mm-hmm. it's analog life and digital life, and they're all real life, right? So yeah. the, the marriage of how they both intersect is super, super key to being able to keep up with people and just staying somewhat present in their life, given that you made a good first impression. And whenever you can add value in the comments, you do it. 
And then, you know, when at the end of the day, when when they're ready to actually do business with you or looking for something like that or or remember, you know, have a referral for you, they do. So that's I know that it's really simplistic, but that is yeah. the reason why I'm so all in on social media and LinkedIn. It's because I have never before been able to keep up with so many people. And that's it. So I think it's a great answer. I have content as one of mine. Right. Obviously, you want to connect. If you're publishing good content about what you're about, your your point of view. Um, but in terms of the question from Deb, right? That's a good question. Yeah. Well, so one of my answers is segmentation, right? And we talk about this with clients. Not everybody you need needs this needs the same follow-up, right? So I think it's on you at a trade show or at an event, whether you're individual, company, um, to segment. What happens afterwards? Meaning, should some people just end up on your email newsletter monthly? Should some people, uh, does it require more thought? Does it require maybe a meaningful gift? Did you meet the one whale that you need to get in with or a person that you're like, man, that could really be something great? Um, I would say to them, who are they? Do homework on them, yep. come up with research, send them something. Right. Yeah. We, uh, you know, just segmentation of who you meet. Not everybody goes into one bucket and it's a mistake that a lot of people make. They get all these leads, business card scans, people's name goes into a dump into an Excel file. Marketing sends it to sales and sales runs with it and they don't know anything that's going on. Um, if you've had good conversations, your interaction with those individuals and documenting it, you know which direction to go. Segmentation of follow-up, I think, is important and making sure that if you have important follow-up, meaning it's valuable to you and something can come from it, take an extra step in the follow-up so that you get another step, which is maybe a phone call or a meetup or something along those lines, whatever it is you're trying to accomplish. Yeah. And I'm also I'm also in the in the in the spirit of like the text and selfie so that I have their attention. I don't like if I get your number at a conference, don't be surprised if in like an hour and a half, I text you like, Oh, Hey, I'm about to go to this thing. Did you want to meet up again? Straight, straight stalker strategy, Pablo. I love straight, that. I, yeah, I like it. No, I think it's great. It's forward. It's up front. They might be like, wow, this guy, this guy's nuts, but they'll respond back and you make a friend for life. Yeah, correct. Like, 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 like to me, it's that, it's that first, the basics are make the great first impression. Don't be afraid to like reach out and yeah. just like, hey, I'm going to lunch with these people in case you didn't have plans and you didn't want to eat by yourself, right? Like a wonderful thing to ask somebody, people that are maybe new to a conference. You never know. Look, I think a lot of it goes back to being selfless at times when you're at these things. People who go there looking to gain, 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 gain constantly. Um, sometimes you can miss providing value to people, whether it's with content discussions, arranging them introducing people. Um, if you're looking to gain too, too much and kind of be, uh, a bit, you're looking to game the event, you're going to miss on things. Whereas you could meet somebody, shoot a text, invite them to dinner. Um, absolutely. I mean, I, at the conference I was at the other week, there's people I knew, but I was in, I was in the, I was going to my, I was going to dinner with a group and I was in the, I've done this twice now. I was in the, hotel like elevator waiting and I see people I know. I just invited them to dinner. Yes. Yeah. Do it. Just yeah. invited them to dinner. Now I know them, but I invited them off the cuff and they were like, yeah, sure, we're not doing anything. And I've done that in the past and it's worked out to some of the best dinners I've ever had. You know it's funny? That's how I met Isar. 
like wow. he's he started my business partner. We like got into a conversation at the end. I want to take that dinner back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you never know. But it was like it was like the end of a networking event at Podfest, and like at the nice. end of it, they were, we were going to go to some other thing. I was like, "Hey, man, we're going to go to this other thing. You want to come?" And he's like, "Yeah." All right. Last question here, Stephanie Hand. This might be an office hours question, but I'll, I'll, I'll just I'll just address it. Stephanie's asking, "How long should you do a LinkedIn Live for before people start to lose interest?" I've heard that it's a very popular option for uh, use for gaining engagement on social. Stephanie, I can tell you, I've I've seen LinkedIn Lives that kind of the strategy I see is people try to do a half an hour. Um, I think it's good for engaging people on social. My strategy is very specific to try to drive you to this um, to this Zoom call, right? Because this feels much more personal because you're in the chat, Matt's talking to you, there's Q&A that you can do. If you're just scrolling through your LinkedIn and you were like tap into this conversation, you probably wouldn't feel as intimate as a connection as, as you're doing right now. So like... Th- my answer is I'm not sure. I've heard a half an hour. My advice is to try to bring them onto like one of these platforms where you are getting people together and creating the community feel. You got any? You got anything on that on LinkedIn Live, uh, Matt? Uh, I'm just watching this chat here. We're talking about pajama parties, and there's a there's a lot happening in this chat. I feel like the chat's solving more problems than we're solving right now. This, this is, by the way, little teaser. This is the life cycle of the relationship flywheel internet talk show yeah. thing. At a certain point, once yeah. you get five to eight people that show up regularly, yeah. then those five to eight people will carry a conversation right. in the chat that yeah. becomes the same squad as, you know, like you walking mm-hmm. in squatting. The LinkedIn live, I'm not sure. I, I have a hard time joining the Facebook live, LinkedIn live things because it feels like I don't know how to do, I feel like I'm spying on somebody. Honestly, that's a weird way of phrasing it, but you know, I can see how it works for some things, but being in this Zoom, being on a call, being in a setting, I like much more, but in terms of a time frame for how to do LinkedIn Live, I I honestly have no idea. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I don't think anybody has that answer. Matt, this was awesome, man. Two-part series, totally uh-huh. over-delivered. I thought this one flew by. I mean, there was also in a period where your computer didn't cut out, so that was No, that was- there was, there was no glitches this time. <laughs> No, just this time, buddy. How do how do people contact you? Right, like I'm just gonna throw it out there. If you are looking to provide an experience for your clientele, whether it is going to them as a brand activation or setting up a booth at an event or anything like that, I've never met anybody that thinks about it at the level that Matt does. So, highly, highly recommend that conversation with you. Why don't you tell people how to connect with you? You want to be reached out on LinkedIn, email, everywhere, man. I'm on LinkedIn a ton. Uh, It's Matt Kleinrock, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram. It's Rockway Exhibits and Events. We are on all the platforms. We're easy to find. Uh, my email is just matt at rockwayexhibits.com. Again, super simple. Um, cool. And this was a blast. This was a really cool conversation. It's, it's, it's a conversation I like because I don't consider myself an incredible networker, but I have been to so many conferences, summits, events, trade shows. I observe a lot of things. Uh, I've had things that worked well for me. So it's good to hear you. It's good to hear what some of the people are asking and articulating in the chat. And I thought there were some really good questions. A lot of fun. Yeah. Right. Listen, right, right back at you, right? Because I'm so used to being the lone wolf entrepreneur in a room. So yeah. the the kind of like two sides of how you know that companies operate and whether or not this is actually valuable to the individual plus the organizer plus the company as a strategic level to like marry the idea yeah. of just like when you're the only person to me, this was super, super valuable, man. I yeah. really, really enjoyed this. So uh, I have a feeling we're going to be doing more shows together, dude. I think so too, buddy. Yeah. All right, man. Well, this is awesome. Thank All you, right. bro. Thank you everybody for the questions. I appreciate it. 
Boom. That was an awesome conversation with a guy I really, really like. And uh, great news. Matt has, since this show, we've officially launched him as a client, right? We are engaging in a ongoing contract to produce his own live internet talk show with podcasts, with a bunch of strategy of what we do. Um, before I tell you more about that, I, you know what? I don't need to tell you more about that. If you want to know more about it, hit me up. If you like this content, the obvious next step for you to go is to episode 174, two episodes again, which was part one of this conversation with Matt. If you want more of him and uh, find out about his actual conference booth, brand activation strategies and thoughts, he thinks about this much more advanced than anybody I know. The other episode I would highly recommend from the days of when this show was called the Chief Executive Connector Podcast, and it was much more specifically about networking, is episode 33 with Frank Agin, who is, out of all the networking people that I've talked to, he still holds the title of the guy that I like the most on how he talks about networking and the tips and tricks that he gives. And he's got a great podcast called Networking Rx, like networking prescription. If you like that type of stuff, um, check that out. And please let me know because I, I can talk networking and networking strategy for days. Would love to get some feedback on that one. Love to hang out with you at the next couple of events I'm going to. The first two, the ones that I've been announcing for a while, were awesome. Growth Now Summit Live was amazing. PodFest was incredible. Up next is Donnie Boyvin's Badass Business Summit, September 22nd and 24th in Fort Worth, Texas. Go to badassbusinesssummit.com. I'm actually going to be emceeing that one and keynoting it. Donnie is a world-class sales trainer. He's like a he's like a no BS sales trainer that gives you great advice. His partner Kevin is an amazing integrator that gives you great like scaling and systems and processes. And I went to it last year. Really amazing community of people, small business owners that are really there for each other, giving some really practical tips and tricks. If you're a small, medium-sized business owner, I think this is a really good one for you. And just announced the Jesse Lane Business Conference October 22nd and 23rd. This one isn't completely finalized, but I suggest you get in if you are in the construction or real estate business. Jesse Lane is a good buddy of mine here in Jacksonville. Oh, the conference is here in Jacksonville. Go to jessilaneconference.com to check it out. But Jesse is a amazing content creator that has a big, big YouTube channel um, and he's like a in the in the Gary V circles, but he's here out of Jacksonville. He has built one of the fastest growing businesses in all of Jacksonville. Actually, the fastest growing business in all of Jacksonville. He won that title last year. And he's just a beast entrepreneur that's building a really compelling construction, real estate, content creation uh, company. And he's launched an NFT project. He has an amazing community. So if you are in construction, real estate adjacent, this is going to be a really good one that I'm also going to be emceeing. I'm also going to be keynoting in, and it's in the city that I love, Jacksonville, Florida, October 22nd and 23rd. And now for my Marvel movie takeaway, right? Like the, the thing that I learned most on this show is that part where Matt was talking about the idea that conferences are getting disrupted, right? This idea that we used to believe that you had to go to somebody else's watering hole in order to make the connections that you wanted to make, that part's becoming commoditized. The big opportunity right now 
is to create your own watering hole, to do what Jesse's doing, to do what Donnie's doing. Both guys that are great business people and what they did is build a content stream that attracted a community and eventually they're having their own event. They get their own stage. To me, you know, that idea, that's the ultimate win. When you're getting people showing up in person to hang out with you, I hope to be on that path as well. And if you are listening to this, you're a community creator, I have to assume that that's your North Star as well. For me, content is the way to do it, right? Content and strategic execution of how you gather the people that come to your content stream to engage, drive a community, get them to know each other. So by the time you're showing up in person, they're showing up to meet the people that they already are there for, right? Like you're going to get way less people showing up to your conference the first time that have never interacted with you or somebody else in that room versus if you get them to come meet with people that they've already met, that's what we're doing on the Not Your Average Investor Show. Because we've driven these connections on a Zoom call, on a live show, um, the meetups that are happening are happening you know, it's like a it's like a reunion of old friends, right? It's people that you're excited to see that you've been on Zoom calls with that you now get to see in person. That's going to drive you much more to an event than the idea of like the one influencer that you have been gaining value from, right? Like, make the Avengers, create the community, and the people will come. And I'm not letting you go without thanking my team. Number one, I want to thank. Rowan, who is my personal account manager. She helps coordinate this show and put it all out there. I want to help JP, who does all the technical execution, all the creative, all the graphics. I want to thank Gina, who's our chief heart officer and the absolute heart of our culture. I want to thank Marge, who is her right hand and the one that keeps it all together for everybody else. I want to thank Joyce. I want to thank Joanna as superstar account managers. I want to thank my partner, Isar, of course, who brought this big vision to life so far of how we can keep all these moving parts organized. I want to thank Nicola for doing all the writing and our newest content strategist, Rita. Until next time, don't forget, relationships over transactions always.